Hey folks, it's the Muley Brigade here, and we are live from Turkey Camp, and we are set to document this for you guys, but before we do that, I want to introduce everybody so you guys can get to see our faces for the first time. We got Rich Bromberg over here, Brom, and in the back seat, Chris Fennick, and um, so we're going to give you guys live updates as we go here this weekend. We're here until Monday. It is Friday. Friday night. Yeah. Um, we're in Brom's truck. <laughs> uh, of course. It's cold. It's windy. Yeah. Other than that, let's go ahead and get her going, boys. Oh, actually, hold on. If you haven't already, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, send us an email. All of it's uh, Muley Brigade. So, let us know. Go ahead, guys. All right. So, welcome to our official start of the 2018 hunt season. Oh, yeah. About time. It's, uh, it's been a tough, like, few months. Yeah, it's only been, like, two for us. Yeah, I mean, we had a nice little break in February from the off-season. Got to go to Montana, do their CWD hunt. So, we did have a little bit of a, a taste of hunting in February. Yeah. Real late season deer. Yeah. yeah. So... <clears throat> You guys want to talk about what we're going to do after this, or do you just want to strictly talk about turkeys? Yeah, let's get into turkeys, yeah. Well, we're here at turkey camp, so let's yeah. talk turkey. Go turkey, then. Woo! I think that's you, Finn. Excited, to say the least, to get out here in the turkey woods. It's been a whole year. Me and Brom came out here last year. Griffin was uh, doing work, and... It was uh, it was exciting, but we didn't harvest anything. So we're back at it today, and it's been a whole year coming. We know the turkeys are here. Now it's just time to execute, and it's just exciting. I can't I can't wait. I mean, I know you guys can't wait, yeah, especially last, Griff. Last yeah. year we just kind of dipped our toes in the water. We had no idea what to expect. Kind of found a place by accident. It just turned out to be a honey hole. Yeah. Great. Like you said, I wasn't here last year, so I'm just excited to get out here and experience it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we came out last year, the second day of the season, just kind of expecting to do a little walk, you know, be our usual disappointed at the end of the day. Yeah. We just happened to come up on the turkeys. Yeah. So these guys did all the leg work for me. Yeah, as usual, I mean, it's not a, this is a reoccurring trend. Uh, to be fair, it was your idea to turkey hunt. It was. I just got sent out. Yeah, there was an unfortunate <laughs> incident with another person and, well, we won't talk about him. <laughs> He's not worth mentioning. Yeah. So me and fam, we got on see a PW site, did a little e-scouting. Kind of seen where the turkeys were at, and we just went for it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, great. I mean, CPW, you go on there. They have a great little map of where the turkeys are at, where the you know population is at. Where we're hunting, we're going to be hunting Miriam turkeys. There's some Rios in Colorado, but uh, most of those tags are draw tags, and they're going to be out east. So we're just going to. You know, hunt the Miriams, the mountain turkey. So, it's kind of like elk hunting in the spring, as some would say. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's what they said in my class. I took a class last year because I didn't know anything about turkeys. Uh, three things I took out of it was elk hunting in the spring, uh, Tom's poop jays, and hen's dumb. <laughs> He's real excited about that one, yeah. i tell you what. So, yeah, for me, I've never even heard a turkey gobble or purr or strut. Uh, you know, I've never experienced this even, even in Missouri. The only time I ever seen turkeys was when I was deer hunting, and it was in the fall. We seen everything last year. That first day was my first time ever seeing a turkey in strut. Yeah, I've seen them before. But so, and that was now. real cool. And we just kept running into turkeys, which was even cooler. So hopefully this place lives up to the hype for me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's as crazy as last year because first couple weeks here in Colorado. Kind of a late season because it starts a lot later than some of the other states, but those are the hot times. First two weeks, and then probably third week on, it starts to just diminish downhill from there. So this is really the time to get after it. So hopefully we go in here and lay the smack down on them real quick, and oh, it's gonna be fun, boy. I'd have to come back. I mean, I don't know what we're gonna do after this. So yeah, I mean, half of me wants to get it over with and shoot some turkeys and. Half me Denver wants it to end. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is, for some of us, shed hunting opens May 1st. Yes. It's a touchy subject for Explain into this. Do explain. So this year in Colorado, the, the brain trust over at CPW decided <laughs> to have a shed hunting season. You know, luckily for us, they haven't started charging us for it yet. But it's coming. I don't care what anybody says. It's coming, and I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I've seen rumors of it that it was going to be uh, tagged to purchase, so I'm glad it's not for now. I'm not going to go as far as to say they're going to, but they probably will. They're going to. And it's, I understand it's not the CPW's fault. I mean, budget cuts. They have to make up the money somewhere. I'm just upset about it. <laughs> you got anything? No. It is what it is, huh? We know what we know. Yeah. It's fine yeah. to have the shed hunting season. I understand why they have the shed hunting season. It's because too many people are going out and spooking deer and elk and, you know, out of their winter ranges, and that's where they feel safe. That's where they're getting the nutrition that they need, and people are spooking them out of there, so they decided to make the season but once it turns into I gotta buy a tag for however much money they wanna charge me, that's where I got a problem. And that's when I'm gonna be mad about it. April 30th, I'm in the woods and I see a shed. I gotta come back. I'm not gonna pick it up. Well, it's like the guy we seen on Instagram found a, a deadhead elk and probably just marked it on his GPS or just remembered it because it's his property. So he can't pick it up. So, I don't know how they're going to enforce this. We'll see. I will kick it all the way to my house. <laughs> never picked it up. So, with that being said, that's enough about sheds, I think. I don't, I don't really want to beat a dead horse there. Let's talk about what we got going on this year. Yeah, we got oh, a, a busy year. Yeah. Just the beginning. <laughs> Just the beginning. Yep. So... And it's exciting, just it's been quite a while to get out here. Yeah. Good so, 
to break up the monotony. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can look at on a computer screen in eScout. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting sick of it. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I like it because it you know, keeps us engaged in the hunting world. Because, you know, Brom does a lot of e-scouting for us. Over, you know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I always go over to these guys' house, and they pull up the computer, and then I get into it. Yeah. But four hours later, I'm like, you know, let's go shoot some hockey pucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typically what happens. So I think we're going to have, you're, you're going to have 11, right? <sighs> yeah, about that. Eleven tags for him, ten I'm pretty sure for me and Brown. Yeah. Maybe a few more if we get lucky in the draw or leftovers. Um possibilities are endless. <laughs> big surprise for us. for us was this guy doing some research, which that's all he does. And hey, no fits, man, you do the work. Yeah, we it's all cool. got rules. Yeah. I drive. He drives. I'm the tech guy, even though my tech doesn't work half the time. Yeah, it's true. Um, anyways, we are going to make an early season trip for archery to Oregon. Oh, yeah. So, and for us, that's awesome. I don't want to advertise it, but I'm going to advertise it. Military members get to go to Oregon for in-state tag prices. Resident rate, if you're close enough, or if you just have, you know, venture bone in your body and you want to go try something different totally should be worth it i mean we're not expecting a lot out of it to be honest but i'm excited their season starts you know august and it's august 25th you know the the mule deer bucks are still should be in their summer coats velvet in so i'm i'm down and we each have you know our own reasons for why we want to go yeah I want to. I want to try to get an elk out there. He's a muley guy. Um, I'm whatever steps in front of me, kind of guy. Muley brigade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited to go hunt them. Yeah. With their summer coats on, red, oh, man, spot and stock, with a bow. You know, see what more money. Do. I know that. <laughs> That's going to be a 15-hour trip for us. Yeah, 15 it's hours. It's going to be a logistical nightmare. Oh, you should see the gear we have for a weekend trip oh, three yeah, hours down even, the road. You don't even want to see what we have. And here. we have to really fine-tune our packing list for this trip. Three people, one truck. What is it, like seven days we're going to be out there? Uh, Ten days? Yeah, like six, Five days six, there and two days six, driving? Two days driving, three days driving, yeah, something like that. So, I mean, it's going to be summertime, you know. Late summer, early fall, so we got to deal with temperature, keeping meat good, and you know if we harvest something, you know packing enough gear, but not too much gear we can't carry it around. Yeah, so kind of got this this plan of you know spike camps and setting up a base camp, but you know kind of every day we go out where we're prepared to spend the night wherever we're at, where if we find the animals. Exactly. So it's gonna be rough for us, I think getting our, our stuff down to a, a pack. That's not even the roughest hunt we're going to have, though. Oh, prepare yeah. us. Yeah, it'll set us up and get us in the right mindset, most yeah. likely. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to help because it's kind of how we want to hunt Colorado this year for elk archery. 
Yeah, backcountry style. Uh, minimum necessities back there, you know, toughing it out, getting where the elk are and staying on them. Yeah, the past couple of years, you know, we've just had like a, a huge base camp. All our stuff's there. And, you know, we're getting up two hours before sunlight, you know, and we got to drive 35 minutes through these back country roads. And then hike in. Yeah. So we're hoping it cuts down our, our travel time, our our pre-hunt time in the morning and our post-hunt time at night yeah. instead of getting back to camp because the sun's up forever. Yeah, that's, that's what it feels definitely like. Definitely in September. I mean, sun goes down eight something. Yeah, those afternoons just... are long. So if I mean, last year we were stop hunting at eight thirty, and we're not getting back to camp till nine thirty, cooking food. It's ten o'clock. Eat. 10:30. Have a couple adult beverages, obviously. <laughs> of course. I mean, are you not gonna? <clears throat> You're not not gonna have adult beverage. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's it's midnight before we're getting to bed, and we're waking up five hours. Not to mention, somebody let us on the trail of tears. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to, you know, live in the suck. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, I'm not gonna say it wouldn't have been worth it if we would killed an elk, because it definitely would have been. But it's okay. But, I mean. We walked a lot last year, and we ended up finding the oak. It was just kind of a little too late in the season. It, we ran out of time. The weather turned on us at the end. Yeah. At the end, we finally, finally pegged them down. And yeah, so our plan too late. totally is going to be different this year. We're not going early season. We're backpacking in to cut travel time down. Um, on top of that, we... Um, Kind of have, like they said, nailed down from where they get pushed from pressure. So, yeah, I mean, if, hopefully we don't see another hunter. I mean, I, we might see one or two guys that are pretty hardcore, but we're going to be a good day's hike away from the road. Yeah, it's going to take. I mean, if we do see other hunters, I think it's just going to be, you know, it's public land, so they're willing to hike two-hour hike in and they see us in there you know I'm all about giving somebody the right of way if you worked harder than me on that yeah. particular day and you're at a clearing or whatever it may be and you're looking at that go ahead I'm not gonna mess up your hunt because I'm jealous or because I'm mad that you took my spot I'm gonna back out and let you go which a lot of hunters don't do and we need to start doing yeah because can't be fighting amongst ourselves when there's so much fight that needs to be done for our public lands and to preserve the sport of hunting in America. Yeah. I mean, be honest, I'm not even mad at a little bit of pressure. It gets the animals moving. Yeah. Once they're moving from pressure, they make mistakes. So, if another hunter is back there besides us and you know, they push some animals to us, or we push them to them, and get the animals moving. Yeah. But we don't want so much pressure that they vacate an area, which yeah. kind of happened to us. Last year. We were seeing them early, and then they we ran into a lot of hunters, guys, you know, day trippers, weekend trippers, and they, they pushed them back into the thicker yeah. timber and into the mountains, and they disappeared on us, and... 
after that first week, it took us probably two weeks till we seen another elk. Yeah, you guys just had to keep walking and walking and walking. Just be prepared to push as far as you can. Yep. Amen. Not gonna lie, we got some pointers. You know, some guys who hunted the area for a long time, kind of pointing us in the right direction, which is cool. So it's always, you know, a good experience to talk to the guys that have been hunting an area for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and, you know, giving you these areas that they know they're elk. They they don't have to. Yeah. They could tell us, you know, hey, there's, you know, nothing back there. And tell us something crazy. And, you know, we ran into a really good guy. I think his name was Tom. What's his name, Tom? Tom at the camp or at the gate. Yeah. So he was actually camping exactly where we wanted to camp. Beat us there by a day, I think. Now he set his fucking tent up. Yeah, I mean, when we went back to set up a tent a week earlier. Yeah. Before the season opened. Eight days. Yeah. Yeah, he he was definitely there. Yeah, but he he, he knew what he had to do. He'd been hunting there for 20 years, he said. Yeah, and where we hunt, it's it's easy access from Denver. So he gets probably the most pressure. Not to mention it's an over-the-counter tag, which has new caps. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of the 70, probably the 70 corridor and then fucking the 25 corridor. It's just, yeah. You're going to get a lot of pressure a couple hours away. It's just the way it is. Unless you go push way west. Yeah, so regardless, last year was a learning experience for us. Yeah. It's also something we got to put up with. If we want to hunt elk every year. We're yeah. going to, we're going to have to hunt over the counter tags. Yeah. So, those are two of the hunts we've got, and obviously we both have our mule deer camps. Yeah. And that's one of the more exciting ones. And oh, then, uh, boy. The other one that I, I get real excited for for a week, and then I kind of cool on it, but I, I mean, I'm still excited about it, the Wyoming antelope hunt. Ooh. We're going for buck tags this year, and none of us have ever shot a buck antelope. I mean, all of us killed our first antelope last year. Yeah. I think this year, we all got new guns, I think. Mine was specifically geared toward antelope hunting. Mine is a do-it-all kind of thing yeah. for now. Yeah, mine was kind of antelope deer. Just, I don't know. I don't really need another gun. <laughs> it is what it is. That's a lie. It is what it is, Dad. You're going to best or not. <laughs> Everyone needs a new gun. Yeah. Uh, when you see something that you want, you just got to go get it. Okay? It was a waterfall effect. I had no intentions of getting a new gun this year. I talk him into a lot of shit. Just to well, throw that out there. Griff over here decided to buy the Browning, what is it, Hell's Canyon? Hell's Canyon. X-Bolt. S- yeah, super nice rifle. Yeah, which I kind of And then just kind of gave a me. little doing in. Yeah. I got a 300 win Meg in the Western Hunter Browning, and I, I love that gun. I got uh, a Browning knife set. We're not endorsed by <laughs> So we all got Browning. We're not endorsed by anybody, but I love that gun. So, yeah, if you're watching... It's awesome. I'm also I shooting a browning, a browning shotgun, a BPS. So, yeah, well, uh, it's a great gun. But I did not buy a browning. So, <laughs> haha. I think you're just one and only. Yeah. So yeah, we are completely outfit with new guns this year. Yeah, we just need to get some time to twenty-five Go stretch them out. Yeah. Work the legs. See what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, well, besides Griffin, he got 308 kind of all around. 
it is. Good round. It's been proven for years. So, and then Brom got a 25 out six, specifically geared towards antelope hunting. Decently long shots. I know the 25 out six, you know, it kind of dies off after a while, but we're not going to take extremely long shots. We're talking 300, 350 and in. Yeah. And that gun is uh, just nasty at the that range it is just so fast so accurate you know and then i got a 260 remington off caliber i know but it's also geared towards you know precision shooting so kind of all on the same wavelength we want something we can take out to wyoming and yeah you know shoot 300 yards with yep. especially in the wind you need something that's going to cut that wind yeah. yeah i think that's the coolest thing about the browning is super light yeah, that gun is. I fired it. It's uh, it's nice. <laughs> and then uh, the old twenty-five out six weighs about ten pounds. Yeah, what's the Howa? Yeah, get the Howa. Uh, Fifteen hundred Game King package. There's like four of them left in the in the states, so I had to get it shipped in. And uh, haven't fired it yet, but I'm excited to fire it. Yeah, see what it can do. We have a, a range near where we live, but it only goes out to 100 yards, and I like to sight in at 200. Yeah, we have to make a trip if we want to go anywhere to shoot that kind of range. Luckily, the place we plan on scouting our elk has a range that will accommodate us. So yeah, yeah, and it's a free range, I think. Yeah, it's free. I'm pretty sure it is. I mean. I can't imagine it being more than a ten dollar fee or something. Yeah, they anywhere. might have like a little donation box. It's not manned or range or anything. Yeah. But so that's... yeah, we talked about the, you know the whole preparation thing and you had to know your rifle or your your, your bow and that's what we're going to be doing here soon. Yeah. Bows first. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, we got two bow hunts coming up. Yeah, he but... he got his bow tuned up. Me and Brahma have already shot ours once. Oh, man, I was rusty. Oh, yeah. I uh, couldn't remember what I set my pins to. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember if I started at 20 yards or 15. I think I think it started at 15. Just part of preparation. And we're getting tired of the preparation phase. <laughs> we're ready for showtime. Yeah. yeah. Getting that itch. It needs to be scratched. Luckily, we get to scratch it a little bit this weekend. Yep, this weekend. Shotgun. Turkeys. Yep. Marking the asshole. I'm going to shoot a decoy if I have to. <laughs> Sometimes he falls asleep in the woods, okay? He might shoot the decoy. Sometimes. I, I always fall asleep in the woods. He's going to wake up, and there's going to be a decoy out there. He's, <laughs> he's going to get that little twitch. I'm getting old. Like, you put me down in a spot for 15 minutes. 31-year-old man right there. Yeah. Sometimes you can't even find him, you know. Come find me when you get tired of sitting down. <laughs> and then you're like, well, his decoys are right here, but where's he at? Yeah, he's, he's probably behind a log or under a log sleeping. I can't go the other way around, otherwise I'll never come get him. They'll just be waiting for me for hours, and I'll be up against a pine tree. Just I'd be sleeping. He'd be like, I didn't up. see any turkeys. wonder why. You've been sleeping the whole time. Yeah, I mean, if I sleep, man, no, nothing came through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the hour I was awake, I didn't see any turkeys. We were out for six hours. I heard something in my head, but... Yeah. I woke up, there's a decoy. I got kind of excited. 
happened to me last year. I swear to God, I was sleeping and then I kind of come to. What is that? Nothing. <laughs> just right back up. <laughs> Who knows what it was? I don't know. Probably big old Tom. Just... <laughs> I think could have poked me in the boots. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Turkey's going to come poke him in his nose this year. The other uh, challenge we have accepted is trying to film this stuff for you guys. Yeah. That is accepted. I'm off on my own. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that goes. I'm trying to get some footage of it for you guys and be able to share it. Yeah, I need to borrow that tripod if you guys are going together taking the camcorder. I'm taking both. No, I see how it is. Um, when I kill turkey, you'll see it. Yeah. The aftermath. See the pictures. <laughs> no. Show you how a true hunter gets it done. No. Well, prom sleeping and Griffin's over there. <laughs> you get some good footage of me doing some Z's. Yeah. I don't think I want. Prom sleeping, Griffin's over there. Is that a turkey? <sighs> nah, can't be. <laughs> I don't even know what a turkey looks like. <laughs> it's funny how that works. You know, the longer you go into season, you know, happens to me in deer season. Go a couple of days without seeing anything. I'm like, I don't even even know if I'd recognize a, tur- or a deer if I seen one. A deer? <laughs> Luckily, we didn't have that problem. I did. Actually, I mean, I've seen deer, but it was like the ass end of deer. Huh. So they're running away from me. Yeah. I, can go, I can go about three hours in the woods before I just start stinking like crazy. I'm a sweater. What are you going to do? I stink. Get some of that antiperspirant <laughs> spray under your pits there. Yeah. They invent that stuff these days, bro. I don't know what they had back in your day. I'm not going to lie. Like, 30% of the time I forget to put deodorant on. <laughs> Gosh. And yet women still see him. That's a weird thing. I don't know. That's why he's sleeping in the cubby hole in the tent, not out there in the main <laughs> It's my manly musk. You like it? Good, yeah. good for <laughs> deers and women. Mostly deers. Uh, Mostly neither of them. The deer are running <laughs> away, and I'm pretty sure the women are running away, so. Yes, that's correct, Umbo. <laughs> yeah. He's got about six soaps in his uh, shower, so. Never using them. Well, enough about my personal hygiene and how it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, it's turkeys kind of, don't got nostrils. Leave us this alone. This was new information to us. We kind of wondered, but now we know. I'm actually getting really better at it. He's getting really better. He's really better. He's dramatically improving. Dramatically improving. Practice my words every day. Look, that hooked on Phionix is really starting <laughs> to kick in. Apparently, he couldn't get the first set. Look, look, next week, we're, you know. Getting the nouns and adverbs in a sentence. <laughs> Started to read the. They you told know, you what read they read the were? dictionary. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they mean, <laughs> but that's just what the lesson plan said. So I'm pretty excited to see what see what happens. Exciting. Heard there's a song or something that's going to be great. I mean, they say you learn something every day, but I don't think that's true. Hunting, you do. That's fact. If you don't, then you're just not doing it right. Well, sometimes you just don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Learn. Then you learn that you're in the wrong spot. Yeah, learn what not to do. Yeah. Then when you see stuff, you get all excited, and then it doesn't work out, so you learn that uh, basically sucks at hunting. Yeah. So you go home and cry. No. You get back out there, you do it again. What's wrong with 
Yeah, I don't usually don't learn what's successful. I just learn what's not successful. And then you take that into account, and then you figure out what's successful. Yeah. That's the thing about hunting. That's why it's a dying sport in America. Ooh, jumping into another topic here. Oh, here we go. So, as far as hunting goes, I think it's a dying sport. But I will let Brom and Griff say what they think. So I got a couple thoughts on this. Eh, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't have thoughts on a lot, but... <laughs> we know. I don't know. I guess you could say I'm basic. But, so, hunting is a tradition for most people. So, you know, it starts with your father, your grandfather, maybe your uncle. Someone in your family typically passes it down to the next generation. And... I think the generation before ours, you know, they they got out of the sport. So a lot of the people our age are either picking it up themselves or not picking it up at all. They don't necessarily have that that mentor to show them, you know, this is what you do. You know, get them out into the woods, get them hunting. I mean, a lot of people, if they don't start at a young age, they're not going to start at all. And I know a lot of people our age who want to get into it, but at the same time, it's kind of overwhelming to to get into it, you know. Especially out in the West, you know, the woods are big. So, I mean, there could be, you know, fear of getting lost. Also, the private public land issue, you know, where can I hunt, where can I not hunt, people don't know. Like, I had someone come ask me about it and, you know, if I was willing to teach them. So, you know, first thing I ask is, do you have gear? Do you have a rifle? No. Do you have the hunter education safety course, which you need to get tags? No. So, right off the bat, that, you know, if, if I'm trying to teach someone, that's, that's a lot for me to take on, you know, to get someone spun up. It's not that spry. Yeah. Like, so... Because, I mean, we're pretty involved with our hunting. So, to reach out and teach someone is a lot. And, I mean, I'm not against it, but I'm not, at the same time, going to do all the work for you. I'm actually pretty against it. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to give up your spots once you work so hard to find them. Yeah, I want the person to, you know, have an area they want to hunt. You know, they have to have the gear to go out and hunt. I'm not going to, you know, provide that to someone. You know, if they're family or, you know, a really close close friend, yeah, I'll go out of my way to get them into it. But an acquaintance, you know, someone I work with who's kind of, you know, flirting with it, I'm not going to put that much effort into it if they're not going to put that much effort into it. And I'm certainly not going to show them where to hunt. Well... I want, I want them to get their own spots, have their own gear, and I'll, I'll give them pointers, what to look for, you know, and I'll even go out to their areas with them, you know, and kind of set them up for success. Yeah, I would, I agree with most of what he said. I think there is a disconnect from the older generation. I, my uncle spent a little bit of time with me teaching me, but I didn't, you know, have anybody like taking me out and showing me 
what to do all the time. You know, a lot of kids don't have that anymore. Plus, I just think it's a complete disconnect overall from uh, the human race. You know, in America, anyways, we're, we don't have to go out and hunt for food anymore. And so, for me, it's kind of cool that I know where my food comes from, and, and it's not farm raised and good. <laughs> you know pumped with antibiotics or whatever they put put in them. You know, so that's cool for me. Um, the other thing is, it's, I'm passionate about it. It's my disconnect from the real world. And then, finally, the teaching of the new hunters, like he was talking about. I'll help you get tags and stuff, but you got to put the legwork in to get your hunter safety course and have a rifle and have the gear. And it's that's a big commitment financially. It's not cheap to do any of that. I mean, some stuff you don't need. I mean, we've got shit we don't need, but... I mean, some of us got, like, binoculars and stuff. It's weird. Yeah, I don't need them. I've got eyes like a hawk. Yeah, he's got eyes like a hawk. Choking me with my bino straps. That's what he's got. Eyes like a hawk. As I think I see here. a bush over there. It might be a deer, though. Give me your binos. Sitting here in a pair of glasses, I can't even see in front of me. So, but yeah, that, that's. I mean, you don't see hunters our age. You know, thirty-one, twenty-seven, and twenty-seven, twenty-six, whatever. And you just don't see when we go out. We don't run into guys our age, ever. A lot. And. Sad to be honest with you. So that, that pretty much all I got on that. Man, sad, but I, I enjoy the old timers. They got some stories. Yeah, I'd oh, rather yeah. be around people like that than somebody who wants to be all electronic oriented and whatnot. Yeah, the main thing with us, I'd say, and new hunters, is that we're a little in depth what we want to do and we're hard we're hardcore hunters to be honest I mean we search out a lot of tags and it's a it's a huge commitment and we can just we have our spots and it's hard to give up your spot to somebody who's just like oh I want to you know try this out and then you don't want to give them your honey hole no but you don't have time to not you don't have time for them it's just that's how we roll. We are hunting almost every single season in Colorado this year. Given we get some tags. Yeah. Then we're driving three hours, you know, pretty much, I guess, two and a half hours minimum. Everywhere we go. Everywhere we're going. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, we had a 15-hour drive to Montana last year. We're going to have a 15-hour drive to Oregon. We drive five and a half hours to our deer spot. We've driven six hours to hunt for one day and then drive back. Yeah. Like, we're committed to it and we're willing to go where the animals are. And, like, these guys that just kind of... Yeah, so, we put a lot of effort into our hunts. We drive a long way for our hunts. And to show these guys, you know, it takes a lot of effort to introduce someone to the sport. And I kind of feel cheated for my time 
if someone isn't going to take it as seriously as I am. If they're not, like, great, you know, got someone introduced to the sport and they don't stay committed to it, I kind of, I don't really feel insulted, but I feel cheated for my time that I could have spent towards my hunts. Yeah. Or about feeling freezers. Yeah. Point that, blank period. That's our number one goal, is it? I mean, we have a lot of doe tags, to be honest. Because we're not out for solely the trophy. We're not out for we, the mount. I we, mean, we like it. Yeah, we I talked mean, about that loves it. in our first podcast. Big bucks and big bulls, whatever, but we're not opposed to shooting does. Not at all. We get tags specifically for that purpose. To Can't fill taste the freezer. And they all taste the same. And we love it. Yeah. So with that being said, guys, let's go ahead and wrap her up. You want to do gripes and, and complaints? complaints? All right, gripes and complaints. We're going to start with Brom. Oh, yeah, that should be a good one. Now, actually, you know what? I'm changing that up. You're going to finish up. Okay. You start. I want to see you where start. everyone else is. You want me to start? I want to see what everyone start. else's gripes and complaints go. Cause... Oh, man. Okay, gripes and complaints. Um, the number of hunters... In the woods. That's my one thing and the disrespect that they have for other hunters. It's not all hunters. Not all of them. We try to respect other hunters. Um, And I know there's a a large majority of other hunters that respect other hunters. There's just that small percentage that doesn't. And those are the guys that I... I don't want to use the word hate, but it's pretty damn close. That's my complaint. I think right. a hard one. I don't have a lot to gripe about, but mainly, to be honest, it's because I'm at turkey camp and we just got here. <laughs> and feeling pretty excited. So. But we're now letting you off the hook. We need something. Yeah, everybody needs something. I guess the biggest gripe I'd have is uh, the lack of I guess you could call it respect for our public lands. To be honest, I feel like there's, you know, people are taking advantage of our public lands and not contributing to keeping them public and keeping the national forest our forest. Uh, we know hunters do. Hunters, you know, they spend hun- some hundreds of dollars a year on hunting tags. Some of them, you know, $80 a year or whatever it is, 50 or $30 for a deer tag. It's contributing something because that goes back to management of the game and our public lands. But my biggest gripe is people who use our public lands and take them for granted. Hunters, we know all too well about the situation we're in and we contribute. You know, we're members of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. We're members of the National uh, National Wild Turkey Foundation or the Rocky Mountain uh, Mule Deer or whatever it may be, the sheep. And we're contributing or volunteering and giving our time to those organizations to keep our lands public. But it's the, you know, I camp on Memorial Day or I hike all the time in the woods and I just go out there and don't contribute anything. Yeah. Which is the way it should be, but they're not realizing the implications that are, you know, taking place 
is they're selling off our lands and because you know fishing game agencies and stuff like that are not getting the funding they used to get because like we stated before it's a dying sport so we really need to figure out something to where we can make money for people to use the public lands because they don't think about that they don't you know, they just think, oh, it's public. I get to go out here and do whatever I want. They never think about, maybe someday it won't be this way. Maybe someday I will not have some place to hike. Or have some place to see wild animals. Elk, deer, birds, whatever you like. Even bird watchers, you know. Yeah. They're not thinking about that time. Hunters, we know it all too well because it's basically shoved in our face. If you're a true hunter and you really care about the sport and you research and stuff you find it all the time and you you see what is there's a trend there's a trend that's going on and it's you know we're putting more structures we're you know taking away habitat for animals and nothing's really being done about it because a lot of people that use our public lands probably have because there's not as many hunters as there used to be. There's a lot more people that just go camping or whatever, hiking and uh, bird watching, and they just use it for free. They're not really contributing to our public lands, and that's that's my biggest gripe and complaint. It's like Fair enough. People need to be aware. Be Fair aware enough. of that it's our land now, but what about... Five years from now, ten years from now, how long is it going to take before it's all gone? Because, like we said, we don't see a lot of people our age hunting, and we're not that young, to be honest. No. 26, 27, 31, that's not a young age. We should be seeing 16-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 20-year-olds out there hunting, and we're not. Yeah, the good news is, too, though, you know, us... And I don't know how many of us there are, but at least there's, you know, I'm going to teach my kid to hunt, and I know you're going to teach your kid to hunt. Oh, easily. So. Because it's not, it's not just about the kill and the meat and everything like that. It's a certain feeling. You just can't explain it. You can't. There's a certain level of camaraderie at hunting camp, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That's our bond. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we wouldn't be friends unless it was hunting, to be honest. We would just have nothing in common. Got hockey? Yeah, we got hockey. Eh. He's kind of on the outside. He's getting into hockey. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to bring him in. Bring him over to the dark side. We're succeeding. Yeah. (laughs) He went to his first two NHL games this year. It's amazing. But... I mean, but that, you know, brings it back in, you know, to traditions. I hunt with my family. I go in a deer camp every year with them. You know, my dad, my brother, and his father-in-law, his brother-in-law, who's going to be 12 this year. So he'll be hunting for the first time with a rifle this year. And then, you know, he's got two boys and a girl, and they're going to be raised in a hunting household. So... That continues their tradition right there, and that's bringing more younger hunters into the sport. And the lifestyle. Yeah, into the lifestyle, and honestly, that's how our 
sport and our hobby is going to survive past us. Yeah. Is, you know, people bringing in their kids in that next generation. I mean, to be fair, our kind of generation's done. Like, the hunters are hunting and the not hunters are yeah. not hunting. They're not going to change, you know, drastically the numbers. Yeah. We have to bring in the younger generation to keep it alive. So, brings me into my griping complaint. It's this yeah. goddamn Sasquatch. Is it real? Is it not real? That's <laughs> <laughs> to find out tonight. No, but seriously, my griping complaint is the out-of-state hunter. And the burden that the out-of-state hunter is carrying for for states. I mean, states aren't raising resident prices. And it, it's not the game and, you know, fish department's fault. I mean, local state governments are cutting conservation budgets. So they have to make it up. And the easiest target is the out-of-state hunter. Yeah, you already heard us talk about finding other tags, and that's why we found Oregon. Yeah. We can afford to buy that tag and then drive out there. But we're... Honestly, we're going to buy one expensive tag out of state a year. You know, this year it's buck antelope in Wyoming. Doe tags, they're cheap. $341. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's a lot to us. And, and it increased. It increased this year. It like 75 it bucks, right? It used to be 289 Yeah. It used to be 289 And we were hoping to stay that way, but... So, I mean, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever the, the difference is this year, it's doable. It's still manageable, but the out-of-state hunter is taking the brunt of the budget cuts for in-state fishing game departments. And it, there's a, a small population or percentage of the hunting population that travels. And... You know, as out-of-state hunters, we're not just spending money on tags. You know, we're buying food in that area. We're buying gas. We're contributing to local businesses that, if it weren't for hunting, they wouldn't get our money. We wouldn't not be there. Yeah. And a lot of these small communities, I think, in the next, you know, five, ten years, as out-of-state prices continue to climb to make up budget deficits are going to see this money leave their communities. And they're just not going to be able to survive. Yeah. So, I would like to see states be more out-of-state friendly. I mean, it's going to come down to we're going to have to pick a tag in a state and rotate. We're not going to be able to go to Wyoming every year. You know, we, we want to hunt different species. We want to get to as many places as we can before we're no longer capable of getting there. And that, that also is, you know, a sense of adventure for us. I love going new places. So. Yeah, like we want to do a New Mexico hunt. We want to do a Montana hunt. Like, but. Idaho eventually. Idaho. I mean, if you. Utah was a little more out-of-state friendly. I'd like to go there. But they're not, so never going to Utah. Yeah, Nevada. Or Nevada. Arizona. 
I mean, New Mexico's not even that out of state friendly, to be honest with you. No, I mean, they give out barely any tags. Six percent of the tags in New Mexico go to out-of-staters. Honestly, Wyoming is the most out-of-state friendly state. Yeah. Well, I know it's not that bad. It's over-the-counter. So, I mean, go get your tag if you want to. Those are probably the two states. But, I mean, for us, we can afford... Wyoming's not hard to get to for us. It's a couple hours up the road. And as we said before, a four- or five-hour drive, it's nothing for us. Yeah. We'll do it happily. You know, Oregon, 15-hour drive, we'll Turn do that. Out. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's complete shit, you know, we won't go back. But am I going to be upset about going to Oregon to hunt a new place and not get anything? No. Because that's what's expected. Anything on top of that is just icing on the cake, you know? Yeah. It's all about experience. And that's why we love, probably, that's why I love, I don't know about everybody else, I love Wyoming the most because you get to hunt antelope. I've never hunted antelope in my life except yeah. the last year. So, it's just a new experience. It's it's fun. It's It's fast. I mean... You go there and you know you're going to see something, but do you have the skill to get close enough, you know? Plus, the season... Man, the seasons are so long. It's long, and, you know, like, hunting in October versus hunting in December... Well, that's for In in the same area was so different, and the antelope reacted to us so differently. So, it was exciting every time we went. But enough rambling. We got to sign off. We'll be back yep. tomorrow. Tomorrow, bright and early. Yep. Same time. Be ready for the action. Whenever this is uploaded. Catch you right in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we have As at I least one success story, or at least a cool story about some guy. Yeah, you might just see a picture, but it'll be me. All right. It's not my fault. He was irresponsible and didn't buy a tripod. I didn't know about the tripod. We were in Walmart. He was like a kid in a candy store. Ooh, that's shiny. I'm going to go look at it. And I was just, you know. Seemed like a good idea. Turns out it was. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Go check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Hopefully we'll have a YouTube channel soon. That's all we got for you guys tonight.